0: We played a complete game, four quarters. It was far from perfect, and there's a lot of cleanup, but I thought our guys played hard. They played physical, and that's exactly what we've been talking about all, all season.
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: I thought we'd start the show tonight by talking about the 2013 Packers. I just thought it was a fun day to go back ten years in history and talk about things that don't really mean much to us anymore. Uh Kaepernick, right? What a son of a What a son of a gun. Not talking about the kneeling. Uh talking about when he ran for two hundred plus yards on us in a playoff game or, or whatever the total is. I don't know. I'm just I'm in a mood to think about the year 2013 today, and I must not be the only one because coming to work this morning, ESPN got stories out about the Biogenesis scandal. I'm looking at them right now. DEA documents, colon, how Ryan Braun built his doping defense with Tony Bosch and Biogenesis. You know, Ryan Braun, it's a good thing that we're writing stories about this because Ryan Braun, a lot of people don't know this, is actually the only player in the history of Major League Baseball to use performance-enhancing drugs. I know a lot of people don't realize he's the only one, which is why we still talk about him. Really a a landmark case. Uh, Ryan Braun using performance enhancing drugs. Baseball has been known for decades, centuries even for being on the up and up. People do not cheat in baseball, maybe in other sports, but not in baseball. DEA documents. I'm going to ignore the part of the Braun story, and I'm definitely going to focus on the part that talks about A-Rod snitching on other players. Alex Rodriguez is shoved down our throat. On Sunday Night Baseball and on ESPN and on podcasts, no one in America likes him. I don't get it. I don't get it. ESPN and other like media entities throw him around. We got A-Rod in the booth. We got him. No one likes him. No one likes him. It's the same with Jeter. What if we did a 10-part docuseries on Jeter? Okay, some people in New York might watch it. I can tell you who's not going to watch it. The rest of the country... Man, I'm so sick of this. Ryan Braun. Oh, he lied. Oh, yeah, he's the only person in the history of the world to ever tell a little lie. He destroyed a man's life. Okay, with respect, the guy was collecting pee as a job. It's not like he cost this man his family. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay, everyone. Oh, Ryan Braun was a little bit of a jerk. Oh, let's write stories about it 10 years later. Terrible. Terrible. A smear piece. That's ah, a, fu- ah, a bit much. It's an interesting story. There's some interesting details in there, but... I just I don't know why Ryan Braun is the face of the scandal when literally Alex Rodriguez is a part of it, ratting out other players in the biogenesis scandal. And it's like, yeah, but he's on Sunday night baseball. We love him. No, we don't. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bill special show today. We're relitigating everything from 2013. One of my favorite years. Ah, I love 2013. I wish we could go back. Um <laughs> It's just such a weird headline to see when I got into work this morning. We started the Bill Michaels show, and Bill's like, Grant, what does the name Tony Bosch mean to you? And I'm back here in studio, like I barely have my headphones on, and I had like one drink of coffee. I'm like, uh tony Tony Bosch, um the father, brother uncle of Miami Heat and Toronto Raptor legend Chris Bosch spelled differently. oh, I mean, the name didn't even mean anything to me. And we started the Bill Michaels show earlier today by talking about this story. Interesting story. Kind of funny that Ryan Braun used Sean Markham's name to get, his, to get his stuff sent and shipped to Milwaukee. And I don't think Sean Markham was on the team at the time. I thought he had moved on. I thought he was in Toronto or somewhere else. But go read the story if you would like to. And if you're like, Grant, why are we talking about this? It's 10 years ago. Well, I just thought I'd mention at the beginning of the show. We're not going to talk about it anymore. I do want to talk about the Brewers tonight. David Gasper, reviewing the Brew, going to be here at 530. We'll talk to him uh, about what's going on with the Brewers. The Brewers are actually sneaky playing really well. Uh, and yet I think publicly, perception of them is still down, at least where it's been in the past, or at least, you know, compared to what the perception was when they won 9 or 10 in a row or whatever the winning streak amounted to a couple weeks ago. So I want to talk about the Brewers Rodgers injury is still a big story. I'm sure we'll have something to say about that tonight. Packers looking at the Falcons this weekend and a quote after, quote after quote, after quote, after quote coming out of Chicago following this bears loss. And I don't mean to bring up the bears and to poop on the bears because oh, the bears still suck. Even though I guess they, they technically do. I just find this whole situation fascinating. Spent a lot this off season. I thought they drafted pretty well. I thought we liked offensive coordinator Luke Getze. I thought they were taking a step in the right direction. I even kind of like Justin Fields. They sucked in week one and none of the reports, none of the quotes are any good. And that's entertaining. We love to see a team come up short. We saw it a lot this baseball season with the Padres and the Mets and the Cardinals like this is great. Love to see a team fall flat on their face. Sorry, Chicago Bears fans going to talk about your team a little bit. Now you're always welcome to call in and be a part of the show. Bears fans, Packers fans, everybody. Everybody's always welcome. 608-321-1670. I'll open up the phone lines here in about 10 minutes or so. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. If it's easier for you to just drop me a little note on Twitter, send me a DM, whatever. That's a quick and easy way to get involved and and uh, share your opinion on the show as well. I want to start with the Brewers. The Brewers won last night. And don't look now, but they're 16-6. and six. Since the Dodgers series. And they're 18 games over 500. I love talking about the Brewers. But sometimes I can't stand talking about the Brewers. Or sometimes I should say I can't stand to listen to other people talk about the Brewers. With respect to other people and other talkers. Because so often Brewers talk isn't rational. Day to day. Show to show. Series to series. So many radio shows just do a poor job of talking about the Brewers. And I'm guilty of this at times too. It's hard to talk about baseball. Day to day, and have the talk be rational, reasonable talk. For example, the Brewers could play on Thursday afternoon and win 10 to 1. Then they could play Friday night, win 5 to 4. They could play Saturday, win 3 to nothing. They could play Sunday and lose 2 to 1. Okay. So from Thursday to Sunday, the Brewers go 3 and 1, including some great wins on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They lose a close game on Sunday. I come to work on Monday, and I turn this mic on. What's the conversation? What's the what's the take on Monday's show? Well, the Brewers had a great weekend. Frustrating loss yesterday, uh, but big picture, they had a great weekend. No, no, no. The takes, the calls, the texts, the tweets, this offense stinks. Craig Council, why can't Craig Council just manage for one run? Why can't Craig Council manage... In a small ball style. Why can't he just play for one run late? Oh, my God. dropped out a bunch. Call up question here. Jesus. The big picture is always lost because day to day to day, we're reacting to the last thing that we saw. We're reacting to the shiny object, right? Brewers could win eight in a row. And if they lose that ninth game, we're mad the next day. And we're talking about that game, which is fun. It's probably not the best way to to participate in sports discourse. It's fun. I'll admit it's part of the fun part of, of talking baseball, and it's fun part of talking Brewers, but it's probably not a very accurate way and a good way to talk sports. The Brewers' big picture for the last couple of weeks has been really good. They've just had some loud, bad moments, like Sunday, when they threw 10 and two-thirds innings of no-hit baseball and lost. I'm going to repeat that again. When they threw ten and two-thirds innings of no-hit baseball and lost. Naturally, we were going to focus on that game, and we were going to resent the team a little bit. I still resent the Brewers, what they did on Sunday. I'm never going to forget what they did on Sunday. I know so many people have already forgotten they didn't watch because football was on as one of the most disgusting acts I've seen committed in American professional sports, probably since Randy Moss mooned the crowd at Lambeau. I still wake up in a cold sweat thinking about that That. Just disgusting display in Green Bay. And I'll serious this the Brewers' big picture has been really good. They've had some bad moments, some loud bad moments like Sunday. But I also think sometimes the Brewers fans, myself included, we almost prefer things to go poorly sometimes. Feels right. Like we're always fighting a battle. Onabam said this a week or two ago, one of the better Brewers Twitter accounts. He said uh, there's this constant battle between Brewers fans, and and he was talking about himself, wanting the team to win, but we also want to be right on the internet. (laughs) We want to be right on Twitter. Like Josh Donaldson's a perfect example. Josh Donaldson, he's been good. He's reached base in four or five at-bats, and he hit a massive home run last night. And yet my body and mind are rejecting him Like like a body rejects a bone marrow transplant. It's like, no! Uh, Josh, oh, Josh Donaldson hit a home run. Uh, what's the, the mean joke, the funny joke that I can make about him, you know, because he's been so bad for so long, and it's such a Brewers thing to do to bring him in. But watch, it's going to work. He's going to help them win a game or two, which is really the only difference they need the next couple of weeks. If he can help them win one game like he did last night, I mean, he's paid for himself. Just off last night's win, he's paid for himself. If he doesn't do anything the next couple of weeks, he might not. Still a worthwhile endeavor, I think, for the Brewers. He's a nice compliment to Monasterio, who's a singles hitter. Josh Donaldson averages awful, but his OPS is basically the same as Monasterio because he hits for power. He doesn't hit for much else, but he does occasionally hit for power. We saw that last night. And yet, my body, my mind as a Brewers fan is like, no! No! Josh Donaldson sucks, and we're going to continue to make jokes about him, but watch, he's going to play well, and the Brewers are going to keep winning. They're 16-6 and since the Dodgers series. They're 18 games over, and with the Cubs losing last night, they're firmly in control of this division with, what, 16 games to play, 18 games to play? It was an even number, I remember. They're in a great spot, and I think sometimes with the Brewers, we focus on the negative instead of the positive, and there's often more positive than negative, don't you think? Let's take a call, 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
3: Grant. Brett. What's up, man?
2: Hey, just talking Brewers. What's up with you?
3: It's It's been a while. It has. been. I figured I better I better call in and say hey. And oh, it's been a rough week, my man yeah oh wait a minute
2: oh
3: wait 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 wait
2: i have a very good caller memory but it's been a little bit since we've talked i i, I just needed needed to catch up i needed to refresh uh, my brain so you 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 have been on the jordan love sucks train the packers are gonna be awful the jets are going to the super bowl what an interesting week it has been for you i actually now i've i've perked up i i forgot that you're mr jets what have you been going through this week
3: uh, Ben teeter in on, uh, the big blue bridge here in lacrosse, looking at, looking at your old station, deciding whether whether I should jump yelling your name or not.
2: I've gone up to the, the top of the blue bridge at night and looked down over the water, uh, to contemplate, not to contemplate jumping off, but just to contemplate. It's a good place to think. Especially if you're going through it. Uh, I've taken a walk up there a time or two. I love spending time on I the mean,
3: big blue bridge. And I, I talked to Ebo and, and Rowdy the other day and I I'm just lost at this point. And um you know, you're when you take the stance that I did. Yes. You you just don't know what to do at this point. Like not much
2: you can do, Brett.
3: No. You love your guy. And, you know, I like I told them, I, I feel bad for, for everybody that has purchased Rodgers' Jets gear up to this point because this could be the end. You never know. He made it four plays, and everybody spent millions of dollars total on gear mm-hmm. of the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, and, and now – you don't know what to do.
2: Do you think he's done or do you think he rehabs and comes back next year?
3: I think personally I think he rehabs and comes back but then again I also thought that they were going to he was going to play all season and they were going to go to the Super Bowl. So at this point uh, uh again I I don't know what to do uh or how to feel at this point. It's it, it's just being lost
2: well your actual team the Packers if you still consider yourself a Packers fan I'm not sure yeah um, they look pretty darn good on Sunday they beat the Bears Jordan
3: Love yeah what do you think bad. are you coming that's, around that's the other tough thing is it's like it's I have a good thing talked about Love failing for so long that y- you don't know anymore I mean obviously it was game one and it was the Bears. So, you know, a lot can change over the next 17 games or 16 games, sorry. Um, But you also look at it and, and, you know, I've based my uh, not my personality, but my mood on the Packers for so long Mm -hmm. that this year I was kind of just going with the flow. Like it's a good thing. Whatever happens happens. And yeah. and I had put all money into the jets at this point. So it's, it's a tough feeling to, to know four plays in the game. One, it's just, it's done.
2: It's just not fair. It's a sick joke for jets
3: yeah. fans. I for, mean, for and for whether,
1: fans.
3: Right. I mean, you want to have, like everybody has said, if they're going to win and they're going to beat them, they want to beat them with the best. Well, you no longer have the best the best is out for the season so so what do you do
2: start zach wilson and pray to whatever god you believe in i guess yeah. that that's what it seems like they're going to do so diana russini yeah. and others reported today it's they reached out they peeked around they asked around to some veteran quarterbacks and i don't know if they inquired about trades but i know they were going to reach out to veteran quarterbacks that had retired like joe flacco and um, it's just it, it's points. just
3: a tough week overall for for anybody that's a true football fan not even me that that i've always been on the rogers train but but a true football fan y- you want to have rogers out there you want to have the best out there i know there's a lot of packer haters that are sitting out there not packer haters but roger haters that are sitting out there going "Serves them right yeah we saw this coming and they're all cheering it and disgrace
2: on them interesting well we'll talk more brett i I gotta run but i when you called in i was like oh what does brett want we're talking brewers and then i realized oh my god it's the perfect day to talk to brett because he's going through it hey it could be worse you could base your happiness and and every moment of your life on whether the brewers win or not and you'd be in a way worse right well
3: and like i told ebo and and rowdy the other day go brewers go brewers
2: appreciate you brett thanks for the call see (laughs) you have a good one it's funny you ask about karma I think the idea that Packers fans are cheering over this injury, I think it's a little overblown. I think there are probably a couple. They're probably burner accounts. we are saying, yeah, F Rogers, he deserved this. There would be a few of those randos in every fan base. I think the videos in the bar, a little bit overblown. Those people are hammered. They want free liquor. I don't know. We always want to get so high and mighty. Can you believe? Look at these people were caught on video doing this. I don't know. Stop, stop. We need to stop getting bent out of shape about... People getting caught on video. We used to just never have cameras. You could just live your life. You know, if someone wants to go, yes, as they run up a $100 bar tab, as Aaron Rodgers has to leave the game because he's beat up, that doesn't mean that he's cheering for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. It means he's hammered at a bar and he <laughs> wants free booze. Lucas tweeted this at me, and we can wrap up our, our first segment here with this, and then we can come back. Lucas tweeted at me at Wisco Grant. Discussion we had at work today. Do you think this is karma for Aaron Rodgers? I do not like seeing people injured, but he did put the Green Bay organization through a lot the last few years. Okay. First of all, I'll defend Aaron Rodgers. There's a little bit of drama. Yeah, but it's not like he assaulted someone. He didn't commit domestic violence. He didn't defraud poor people. He's just kind of a dramatic guy who likes to mess with people. Don't we all like to mess with people on one level or another? It's not like Green Bay also didn't kind of put the screws to him as well. They drafted Jordan Love, right? Mark Murphy told him, don't be the problem. There was there was a push and a pull. It takes two to tango. But it's funny you tweet this, Lucas, because I thought on Sunday morning, I thought we're going to see the sports gods in action today. We're going to see between Packers Bears, if the sports gods are going to reward the Packers for the way they've Handle themselves the last year or two, or if they're gonna reward Aaron Rodgers. And I believe in the sports gods to a degree. The Packers go into Chicago. Devontae Wyatt looks good. Quay Walker looks good. Jordan Love looks good. Romeo Dobbs look Everyone looks good. Andres Carlson's hitting kicks. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, sports gods were they're throwing us a little bone in, you know, big week one game against the Bears. And I came into work and I never said this, but on Monday I was thinking. Let's see what happens tonight, because if the Jets get shelled and Aaron Rodgers looks frustrated and they can't hold up protections, I think that's a little bit of a statement from the sports gods. It's just a one weekend statement, but I'll I'll take it as a statement. I'll notice it. Now, I don't think the sports gods intervened and blew out Aaron Rodgers Achilles, but I was thinking about that Monday before the game. Lucas, you're not the only one. If you had that discussion at work, Let's take a three minute break. We're woefully late for a break. We'll talk NFL. A couple things that Brett said regarding football, I actually thought were some good points, and I want to build on those coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: sports show my name is grant bills hope you're having an awesome night uh brett and lacrosse gave us a call and sometimes when brett calls i'm like god oh, damn it not because i don't like brett but brett has this tendency of just like popping up with nothing to say right we're in, the, we're in the middle of something like imagine at work you're having a big business meeting and you're like i gotta we gotta figure out the budget for next month and we gotta get this turned in by the end of the day and then somebody walks in and is like oh hey everyone How's it? Oh, having a meeting? Nice. Uh, I'm running to Chick-fil-A. You guys want anything? Like, that's Brett's. That's Brett's M.O. That's his uh, order of operations as a caller, which is kind of funny. But sometimes and I'm like trying to get a point across or we're trying to talk about something and then Brett just shows up. But Brett has been ripping Jordan Love. Packers are going to suck. Jets to the Super Bowl. He's a Jets fan. He's sticking with Rodgers. A tough week for Brett. And I appreciate him calling in and, and facing the music. Brett, <laughs> we have a loaded queue of callers to talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation. If we want to talk Brewers weekend, NFL at large, got some things to say about not just the Packers, but the Bears. I want to talk about them today and some other divisions and, and corners of the NFL world that, that I just want to dive into. So a lot of football tonight. Let's start with Cone Roller. Cone, I, you'd been losing your your draw speed a little bit. You you didn't have the quickest hands in the wild west of the show for a bit, but today you you got in first, at least after Brett. So well done.
3: Yeah, raining it in today. Uh, surprisingly good call from Brett and Tosa. You know, you don't say that too often, but Brett and oh, and Brett, and, Brett and
2: lacrosse. Yes, Brett. I thought that maybe it was Brett and Tosa because we were talking Brewers. That's why I took the call.
3: Yeah, but good call from him. Mm-hmm. Nice to hear him eat crow a little bit. Um, I'm just as upset as he is, though. But I wasn't here. You know, St. Jordan Love sucks, and yeah, you know, all out for the Jets. But with the Jets, this kind of opens an interesting discussion on which quarterbacks are they going to be looking to bring in? Because you look at some of those lists that have been floated out—just garbage yeah. up and down. I mean, I've heard Carson Wentz is the best option.
2: I feel like Carson Wentz is just uh, like an older. More injury-prone version of Zach Wilson is he not? I know he's he's he is what Zach Wilson Carson Wentz at his best is a a version of Zach Wilson that they would like to see, but he's never going to be that guy. I just feel like if you are going to ride with Carson Wentz, just ride with Zach Wilson.
3: Yeah, agreed. I think that's kind of I I think Zach Wilson might be their best case moving forward. It's a scary um, thought. I saw a funny thing. Potentially, Sam Darnold coming back to new york which would also be hilarious
2: that would be very funny i wish trey lance was still available that would be a fun ad i saw people on tv yesterday chris broussard on first things first is like they should trade for matt stafford i'm like that's the most expensive quarterback room in the world and the rams aren't going to do that they're not going to rebuild that was sean
3: mcveigh yeah no chance um it was funny hearing rg3 kind of throw his name in the mix I mean, like, we're just distractions. We can still play football. No, it's you. Like can't. I don't know. <laughs> can, you, know?
2: you absolutely you can't. Bad. Well, What was the list? Uh, he said that himself, Kaepernick, and there was one other. It wasn't Tebow. Uh, Cam. Oh, Cam. Yeah, I know. Cam definitely can't play. Those guys can't play. They're cooked. All of them.
3: Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks uh, to see what the Jets do. Um, I would love to see Zach Wilson succeed. Yeah. I don't think he will. But it'd be fun, you know, get a little frisky.
2: Yeah, I don't know. The fact that he's that guy in the building, the fact that they won on Monday night, I feel like that's massive. Because if they come out and poop their pants and lose that game, then I think the Zach Wilson Jets are dead on arrival. But the fact that they won week one, I think leaves the door open that maybe this could work in a really underwhelming way. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe.
3: Yeah, it's possible. I don't think Zach Wilson played well at all when he came in, but... (laughs) <laughs> who knows i don't know this defense is amazing Brees hall looks really good i mean garrett wilson probably one of the the coolest catches we've seen since obj so you know you know you just got to be decent you just got to be okay before- so we'll see with that grant i'll hang up and listen can i ask you one thing before you go yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was going to say, before we wrap up, we got a couple other calls I want to get to, but I know you're a, a big Badger booster, uh, one, probably one of the biggest, and you know Chris really well. Uh, Bill was telling me on the afternoon show today that Chris McIntosh got a ton of calls about the volume at Camp Randall, and they're going to make adjustments. Have you talked to Chris about this? What's the latest?
3: I've been one of those trying to call him, but his phone, his voicemail is full. His <laughs> inbox is full. He can't get anything to that guy right now. He got you know all the varsity collective calling them saying, oh, it's too damn I can't hear anything. Yeah. You know, all that, Matt. And, okay, my biggest thing with the uh, Badger game presentation, they got rid of where the streets have no name by U2. Yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable.
2: Yeah. Well, when you get through to Chris, just let us know. I, I know you can't tell us everything. A lot of those conversations are privileged. But I, I like to hear the the booster athletic director back and forth. So just keep us in the loop if you hear anything.
3: Yep, will do. Uh, you're my first source I go to. So, Thank yep. you. Appreciate you, Cone. All right, see you, Grant.
2: More to Cone Roller on tw- on Twitter. Uh, I This is an incredible one-two punch. I, I mean, this is Jamar Chase T. Higgins, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Cone Roller, and Tony in Texas back-to-back. Tony, hello, what's up?
3: Jordan Pippin, you know I got gotcha. you. Hey, yeah. So Grant, let's start out with the Brewers. I know I'm going to surprise you with the Brewers, but what compensation did we get for David Stern? Ah, uh,
2: I don't know. Was it
3: some? Keep on looking, Grant. What did we get?
2: Did we get nothing? Yes. What? Come on, that is just wrong. Well, didn't they? That did they let him dangerous. out of his contract? That creates good faith around the league, Tony.
3: I don't care about the rest of the league, Grant. I care about a World Series in Milwaukee. Yeah. Or as one of your callers once said, rename the team the Wisconsin Brewers. Get us a ring. Get us more compensation. David Stearns, not nothing.
2: Well, isn't his contract up? I th- I thought he could have what left after of- last year. Yeah. After last year if the uh if if the Brewers would have made the World Series, he could have left early, right? That was the situation.
3: Well, fine, let him leave early, but let's trade him or get, sure. get something.
2: You're saying Matt Arnold should have traded him with a year left on his deal as a rental. They can rent David <laughs> Stearns from us for a price. A I rental, like
3: the- <laughs> get get something. I mean, if if ESPN comes knocking, if Bristol call, comes knocking, and they want to trade something to your station. So be it. You're going to go to ESPN.
2: Yeah, they'd probably include me in the deal pretty quickly. The deal probably starts with me. It's like, yeah, you can have Grant, and you can have him, you know, clean the floors and, and turn off the lights at the end of the day. They they would include me in a trade pretty quickly.
3: But this loophole of not getting anything for Stearns, I find ridiculous. Yeah, but that's fair. anyway, I, I had to bring that up. That's fair. I
2: could tell it's been weighing on you. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad you voiced it.
3: Okay. Packers, I think this win is getting minimized. This Bears win. No, the Bears suck. Bears are terrible. Blah, blah, blah. All right. If they win this week without their two top offensive players, Watson and Jones,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: are you going to start to look at this team a little differently? Because Looks like Jones is going to be a no go, probably, and Watson. Uh, I don't know.
2: Probably not. You're going to accuse me of sitting on the fence. You and Cone always yell at me for this, but I, I need to see more. I don't know enough about the Bears. I don't know enough about the Falcons. I, if the Packers go two and zero and they win this game on this weekend without their two top weapons, I'll I'll think highly of Matt Lafleur and the job that he's doing. But I, I, I'm still a long way from knowing exactly what this team is going to be, and that's right. okay.
3: Is that fair? Split fair let's rewind back to training camp i asked you what the three units were like how would you rank them what was the best unit sure i don't think either of us had defense as number one uh i i think the defense is good i really do They, you know they're not great at safety we know that but they got they can fly around and, and no one's talking about rashawn gary coming back literally no one has talked about rashawn gary being on this pitch count 10 snaps five qb pressures they are stacked outside linebacker. They are as fast as I've ever seen them, Grant.
2: Devontae Wyatt looks good, Slayton, Kenny Clark. I, I just like that oh, a there. lot of the guys that were crossing our fingers being like, come on, take a step this year. At least in week one, it looked like they did, and, they, and they're ready to play better this year. I'm excited about that.
3: I am too. A couple of more topics got to hit around the NFL. Yeah, hit them. All right. AFC versus NFC. I keep on hearing this rhetoric throughout the, the offseason. season. NFC is so much weaker than the AFC. The AFC has all the quarterbacks. I don't care if they have all the quarterbacks. The NFC's got better teams. Do you you agree with that or not?
2: So, I don't know if I'll go that far, but it's written in my notes, and I was going to bring this up today, about how this league is so unexpected. You think you know all of these things for certain because we hype the NFL up and we preview, 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 and then you get to week one and you realize that you're so wrong about so many things. So, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. I like the take that, The AFC's got the good quarterbacks, but the NFC's got the good teams. Give me your top three
3: AFC teams right now. I will give you my top three NFC. Give me your top AFC right now.
2: Uh, Chiefs. Man, I still think the Bills are good. I guess I'll wear that if if they're, but I would say Chiefs, Bills, and
3: Jags, Jags, Jags.
2: Ooh, Dolphins. Dolphins would be right there. Yeah, I would say Dolphins could be there too.
3: So if I go Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, Packers, you think that four can't go against the four you just mentioned? I
2: think the Cowboys and the Niners are perhaps the two best rosters in the entire league. Okay. I don't think they need so elite I, quarterbacks I, to win. You're correct. These
3: people, yes, these people that talk about this offseason stuff, they don't know what they're talking about. The NFC is better. They just don't have the big-name quarterbacks. All right, couple more things. I, I talked to a Cowboy cheerleader. I, I got you a new Cowboy coach if the Cowboys get if, – if McCarthy fails – I know who's the next coach of the Cowboys. Are you willing to say
2: it, or are you just going to hold on to that yeah, just I'm in gonna case? Yeah, I'm
3: going to say it. I'm going to say because I'm not going to say the person's
2: Don't name. Don't say Deion you. Sanders.
3: I, I, that's your next Cowboys coach. No, it's not. It's not going to happen. Gonna be the next... I'm telling you, Grant, if McCarthy fails to get to at least the NFC championship game with all the hype, you're believing them. You pick them for the Super Bowl. If they fall short, they will let McCarthy go, and Deion will be the hire.
2: All right, well, there's no way I'm going to forget this. So we'll come back to this, you know, in months, in, right. months and months and see what happens. Uh, which Cowboy Cheerleader? I, I guess I don't know. They, uh, they used to have they, the TV show. Did you watch the reality show with the Cowboy Cheerleaders? You're a big reality TV guy. I,
3: you know what, Grant? I watch it without the volume. <laughs> All God right. It, Tony. I have to hey, move on.
2: I got to get to Mad no, City Mike.
3: You got point, one last, last thing? Last point yep. Last point here. You guys just mentioned three quarterbacks' names. Kaepernick, uh Who's Cam Newton, RG3. 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 Yeah. You're telling me none of those three are better than Tim Boyle? I'll leave you on that.
2: Well, well when you put it like that, okay. I appreciate you, Tony. All right, see you,
3: buddy. Yeah,
2: thank you. We'll talk soon. Call again. Um, they might be better than Tim Boyle. Huh? I don't know that they are better than Tim Boyle. It's been forever since RG3 played, and it's been forever since he's started multiple games in a row. Cam is, I'd take Tim Boyle over Cam. I mean, they're not going to win with Tim Boyle. But Cam's cooked. So is RG three. I I don't want a TV quarterback. Mad City Mike has been waiting patiently. Mike, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. What's up? What's
4: up? Man? What a call! <laughs> I don't
2: think that I don't think that Deon Sanders is uh, happening. But if it is, no. I mean, Tony's a legend. If that comes to pass, but I'd bet against right. it. Right.
4: I just I just want to point out today on the herd Joel Klatt specifically pointed out. That he had a face-to-face conversation with Deion Sanders, and yep. Deion Sanders flat-out told him that he will not go to the NFL because he believes college and coaching kids is his calling. Yeah, um, that was that was quoted. So I, I don't did. Joel that's Klatt talk happen.
2: to a Cowboys cheerleader? I failed it. Do we have that sourcing?
4: Well, I'm not saying that the Cowboys <laughs> won't be interested. Yeah, because very well, I I do I do agree on that take that if McCarthy fails. With all this hype, and they are a very, very good team, but if McCarthy fails, I could see Jerry Jones being impulsive, as he is, and moving off McCarthy and trying to go for the next big thing. He will attempt if that does happen. I do believe that narrative, that he'll attempt to get Sanders to come to the NFL and come to the Cowboys and back you know, back to the team, right? But I do not believe that Deion Sanders will do that. Now, if Deion Sanders is not at Colorado – I could possibly see that situation next year, but I do not see him going to the pros um, as a coach next year. I could see it possibly in the future, but I I don't see it in a long while because of his um, just persona. He wants to coach kids.
2: I like that. I, I don't know. I think he's got a good thing going. The NFL and college, they're just so different. I think dion has got a good thing going, and I agree with you. He shouldn't leave.
4: Yeah, so um, I, I guess I just wanted to touch – I, I saw, you know, Aaron Jones didn't practice today. Um, says he feels good, wasn't a strain, just a cramp, you know, kind of a kind of a bit of a nudge there on his cat or on his thigh. Um, I think he'll play. I don't think there will be any problem there. Um, I obviously we're still worried about Watson, um, but he said he's feeling a lot better day to day. I think he had a limited practice today or did not practice. I I don't know if I caught that or not. Um, But I think they'll be really, really well matched up um, against uh, the Falcons. And I honestly think they'll take care of business.
2: You know, I'm feeling pretty good about this game as well. They really like Dontavian Wicks. If you go back and grind the all 22, uh, which I didn't, but I I read the work of people who did. Dontavian Wicks was open a lot. He led the Packers in snaps at wide receiver. If I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong. I'm going to check it over the break. He was open. He was out there running a lot of routes. I don't think that they're dying to get Christian Watson back on the field prematurely. If he's got to sit another week, that means, okay, Jaden Reed, Dobbs, Wicks, they can continue to get reps. Luke Musgraves can just run around out there and do whatever it is he's been doing. Like
4: just, yeah. Re- and I, think, yeah. I, well, I think we're, I think we're kind of under riding Reed too. He is very, very explosive across the middle of the field, had some really, really, really good catches against the bears. Um, so, I don't know. I, I I truly, at this point, I believe in Matt LaFleur. I really do. Some very clever play calls against the Bears. And I think that a lot of people, um, you know, as, was it Texas? What's his, what's his name?
2: Who is it, Texas? What's that now?
4: Your your last your last caller.
2: Oh, uh, Tony in Texas. Sorry, I was like, Tony what, Sark? Yeah. Yeah.
4: No, my bad. Uh, Tony in Texas, he made a really good point. People are downplaying the win against the Bears. He asked the Bears. Well, they're all professionals. It's still a professional football it's team. It's hard to win
2: in this league, Mike. It's hard to win in this league. W-
4: it is hard to win in this league, Grant, and they won very, very well. I also, um, I'm not play convinced. Great quarterback play. Yeah. I mean.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry to awkwardly cut you off. I do need to take a break in a minute here, Mike. Uh,
4: you're you're fine, but <laughs> w- one more point I yeah, just wanted to make. The, you, you made a point earlier in the show that it's hard to talk about baseball, and I'm going to go on the contrary here. It's because baseball is too long. They need to shorten the yeah. season. There's no urgency. There's no urgency until September. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's mm-hmm. fun to go to the ballpark and have a beer and hang out with friends and, like, go to a game, but it's not that much fun to talk about it in, you know, April.
2: Not. And that's why you get back to calling in football season. And you do such a tremendous job, Mad City, Mike. You have the last couple seasons. I appreciate you. I got to run. Hey, see you, Grant. Mad City, Mike, East Side guy. Uh, I'm sorry to awkwardly cut you off there, Mike, but I do need to take a break. So many different tidbits in those three calls that we can dive into. And I want to do that next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network.
2: Wisco Sports Show, David Gasper in a little less than an hour. Join us to talk some baseball, some Brewers. We're relitigating what happened in 2013 today. New Biogenesis story out at ESPN. About Ryan Braun's devious plan to cover up his misdeeds. What a horrible human. Alex Rodriguez snitched out a bunch of other athletes. Of course, he's on Sunday Night Baseball. We all love him. Hall of Famer. Classic guy. America's darling. 608-321-1670. Get back to the calls here in just a minute. I promise. Some interesting points about coaching hires. Perhaps Dion to the NFL. That's not going to happen. Tony's got sources, though. Tony's got boots. I, I don't have a source in Dallas. I can't argue with Tony. I can't shoot down that. That source, that report. So we'll wait. We'll see what happens. Maybe Tony ends up being right. I would bet against it. But again, I don't have a source. Tony's take of the best teams being in the NFC and the best quarterbacks being in the AFC, I actually really like that. I like that a lot. The Jets might be a little bit of an outlier. The Jets are a a classic NFC team stuck in the AFC. They're a great roster, great defense, great running game without a great quarterback. Right, the Cowboys and the Niners are great rosters, great defenses, great running games. They don't have Zach Wilson-level quarterbacks. Dak is good. Dak, Dak, Dak gets a little bit too much hate these days, I think. He's not great, he's not awesome, but he's not a bum. I still think I would take him over Kirk Cousins in a big game, but I, I'm not anti-Kirk Cousins either. I, I just think Dak has that little extra, little extra oomph The Kirk doesn't. If you want to argue that Dak Prescott's worse than Kirk or Kirk's better, I'm not going to argue. I'm just telling you my personal preference. I think Dak is a little bit better than most people are saying these days. And Brock Purdy might be very good, but he's no Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. But the Niners are that team. The Eagles are that team. I think Jalen Hurts probably going to regress a little bit this year. There's no way that the version that we saw of him in the Super Bowl is the new version of Jalen Hurts every week. At least I don't think. I, I could be wrong. I'm telling you a lot of my personal opinions you could disagree. That's fine. 608-321-1670. I would bet dollars to donuts. This is Clemhead Mike in Chippewa Falls. Mike, is that
3: you? You're reading? I <laughs> knew, it. Fabric, man. I knew awesome.
2: it. I used to have caller ID I in mean, the old I, studio. I, I'm not going to need it yeah, before I too long.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm fourth in line this time. But Some of your earlier callers made some really good points. They did. Uh, I could see Jerry Jones going for Deion Sanders. He likes shiny new things. I, yeah, I think I think he will make a bid on him. I, I he'll he'll try to talk him into coming. And, and you know, let's, let's let's temper our expectations on Deion Sanders. Just he's playing two teams that are not that great. He's getting into the part of the schedule soon where he's going to be faced a bunch of ranked teams. I know TC was ranked, but they were they lost after team to graduation. I mean, they're they're not the team they were last year. And uh, so I would I would just slow down on Deion Sanders a little bit. And uh, that's fair, you know. Yeah, but uh, I was going to say a thing I wanted to talk about was the. Uh, Packers defensive line last Sunday. Wyatt was a beast. You know, fields is so agile and so slippery. I think if it had been a regular pocket passer, I think they would have had at least eight sacks. I mean, I swear to God, they were in that backfield more than more than the was
2: they were (laughs) and it it was a lot of i'll give joe barry his his credit mike i think we all should he schemed up a lot of different stunts and different twists and different looks he engineered a lot of that pressure so it's not just like his players went out there and played great although i think they did joe barry deserves credit too
3: oh yeah i saw some stunts that i hadn't seen before on the on the right side of the line the tackle and the end you know they switched the the end where i can't remember who was at the time but he he delayed his rush and went inside so yeah that was that was some good stuff there. Um, oh, I had to laugh out loud because when you said "poop down your leg," when you're, I think you're talking to Cohen. Then well, yeah. um, <laughs> this is funny because uh, the grandkids were over last Saturday, and my my three year old grandson thinks that "poop" is the funniest word ever. Wow. And we asked him what he wanted pizza, and he says, "I want pepperoni and poop." Wow. And,
2: okay, well that's funny well, on multiple that. levels because "poop" is funny, and he used alliteration yeah. with the pepperoni and the poop. So I tip my cap. Yeah.
3: So he said, "Do you want black olives?" Yeah, because the kid eats his black olives. He eats my black olives. He eats his dad's black olives. He eats everybody's black my olives. My little brother
2: it's used to be the same way. He'd eat a whole can, and then he'd drink the juice if you'd let him. And I never like. Yeah, uh, I don't like I olives, do but I people who there's people who like olives, and then there was my brother. So maybe it's just some people when they're young, they just they
3: just hoard yeah. them. They love them, Mike. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but uh, I, I also want to do uh, a quick mention that Thursday night. Fox has their national broadcast, baseball broadcast. It's going up against the football game, which is really smart. But, um, guess what is it? Is it a, are they covering a tight pennant race? Are they covering a great pitching duel? Are they they covering a, a, of two hitters battling out for a batting title? No, it's the Yankees and Red Sox.
2: (laughs) Two teams that are out of the playoff chase by and large. Yeah.
3: (laughs) God Dang time. It's the Yankees and Red Sox. (sighs) You guys like, at Fox, you guys are such tools. I mean, coastal elites—that's what it is. We're just coastal flyover is-
2: country to them, Mike.
3: Yep. Absolutely. I know you've said that, and I've said that. It's, yeah, we're just flyover to them. It doesn't matter. But yeah, um, my God. yeah. I'm. I'm uh, I. I. I did not. I felt horrible when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I haven't been able to talk to you since then. Um, I felt terrible because I. I wanted. What I wanted was Aaron Rodgers to play a whole season, but stink, and then it would make us feel so much better about letting him go. You know, it's, but yeah, you know, you, you, it wasn't artificial turf either because I'm so sick of this argument. I, I watched him; he he had a lot of weight on him. He hyperextended his his tendon. It didn't matter if he's he was planted. It didn't matter if he was on grass or turf. I it's think I think that there's
2: better odds that his foot slips out and and, and gets out of there safely on grass. But I don't know. Just why, like, I'm not pulling Aaron Rodgers over the coals because he needed to get rid of the ball and he got himself hurt. Man, it happened on the fourth play of the season. That's a freak accident. It's a freak injury. That could happen on any play on any field.
3: It, it was a freak injury. And so And Okay, it was a cut block. No, it was uh, holding on the ball small. No, it was the artificial turf. Yeah. Just a, found a, guy, a 300-pound guy was on his back, and he hyperextended his, his uh, Achilles tendon. God, people got to overanalyze everything just, it's not that hard,
2: Mike. It's uh, the world's not that complicated. That's why I love you. Is you? This is all simple to you. This is this isn't hard. This isn't pulling teeth or rocket science.
3: It's just sports. Yeah. Oh, and it's Sunday, as far as the yeah, as far as the Brewers game Sunday, mm-hmm. I was disappointed. In tech, but. I understand. I don't. I'm not good at math, but I understand that 50 percent of the teams lost on Sunday. Yeah. So. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll not right. too bad. <laughs> we got to look at the big picture. We got to zoom out, Mike. Always, which sometimes is hard, right. especially when they throw almost 11 no hit innings and lose. But oh, baseball is weird. Pissed. That happens.
3: I was. Yeah, I was pissed when they took out Corbin Burns after eight innings. I said, I mean, it didn't matter now looking back. But Council, I, really I'll
2: go to bat passion. for Council. Pardon the baseball pun. If they have a lead, I think he sends Burns back out there. I totally think he sends Burns back out. Oh,
3: there.
2: yeah, I'm sure you're right. I, I, yeah, I could be wrong. I just, I the the baseball romantic in me wants to believe that Council had that yeah. in Yeah, I gotta run, Mike. I gotta take one last yep, break. Okay, thanks, Grant. Appreciate you, Clemhead Mike. We'll have Clemens tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. So, Mike, you'll get your fix. The rest of the Clemens, uh, the Clemens community, the Clemhead community, if you will. Uh, we'll have Mike tomorrow, David Gasper, in about 40 minutes or so. So we look forward to that, Talks more baseball with him. We'll talk more NFL. Uh, can we talk about the Bears after 5 o'clock? We'll wait until the top of the hour so we have some some room to breathe and some time to discuss. But some of the stories coming out of Chicago, I'm not even trying to rub salt in the wound. Salt's falling everywhere. It's, it's all salt. Every time I open Twitter, there's a new Bears quote, a new Bears headline, so I want to talk about that next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show, got to pause and get an update from our guy, Zach Heilbrin. When we come back, I want to talk about the Bears. There's story after story and quote after quote. It's great to beat the Bears, but. Since Sunday, this game has just kept on giving us things to be happy about and things to laugh at. So we'll laugh a little bit at our rival. Talk about the rest of the NFC and then David Gasper to talk Brewers five thirty. Stick
1: around. That's exactly what we've been talking about all, all season. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: We've really just become the pregame show for the Bill Michaels Huddle, which is coming up in less than an hour. It's the first huddle of the year, jam-packed, jam-packed, loaded. Yeah, I'll throw the word loaded around. I'll use the L word. It's loaded. Mike Clemens going to be on there. Kevin Holden, CBS 58 in Milwaukee, a voice we all know and love. Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in about 55 minutes. David Gasper coming up in about a half hour. Going to talk Brewers and, you know, whatever else. Maybe we'll crack into this Ryan Braun alex rodriguez biogenesis story that came out today maybe just maybe maybe it'll come up i kind of think it's dumb that we're going back to this 10 years later sometimes we talk about ryan braun like he's the only player in baseball history to use performance enhancing drugs when that could not be further from the truth it's the league of cheaters it's the sport of cheaters everyone cheats in baseball and we remember ryan braun oh because he lied and tried to get out of it so hold on hold on hold on just so i get this right using steroids is okay that's fine we can forget that lying about it mm, we draw the line okay just i got it just so i'm aware of everyone's moral compass i want to know where it's pointing so i all right i gotta read for the room cheating and steroids bad uh or, or good lying about it bad I just, okay just want to know where we draw the line That's all. Just want to make sure it's loud and clear. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We probably won't talk about the Brown thing at all, but David Gasper from Reviewing the Brew will join us. He has been credentialed. He's been in the press box. He's been covering home games. So he can not only speak to what we see at home on our television and on Valley Sports Wisconsin, uh, but he's in the clubhouse. I sometimes embrace the fact that I don't go to the clubhouse to cover games because then I can get the Valley Sports Wisconsin experience and communicate uh, on a more down-to-earth level with other Brewers fans. Ah, did you hear what Rock said? No, because he wasn't doing the game because he's not doing that many games this year. Ah, did you hear what Levering said? Oh, Sophia Manor, in great interview last night. You see the tavern of the game? Yeah. It was the LM Tap in lacrosse. Can you believe that? <laughs> I love that bar. They better call by uh by noon tomorrow or midnight tomorrow to get 40 tickets. You know, things like that. You don't get that from sitting in the press box. I, I have to be the common man. Gasper can be the, the press box junkie. He'll join us in about a half hour. I want to talk a little bit about the Bears. A couple of quotes that I saw today, a couple of things that I saw today. Packers beat the Bears on Sunday, and it was a blast. It was fun to win a rivalry game. It was fun to see Jordan Love win his first career start. Well, not first career start, but you know what I mean. His first career start as the official starter. And it was fun to watch the team rally around him. It's fun to watch Aaron Jones and, and David Bakhtiari and all these players hype up Jordan Love. It's just cool to see the team turn a page a little bit. And to get a win, of course, to have it go well as the team turns the page. I don't really know how good the Bears are. Like, are they better this year? Is Justin Fields actually good? These are questions that are being asked this week, and these are the questions that started on Monday because we celebrated the win on Sunday and a little bit into Monday morning. But by six o'clock on Monday night, we were all wondering: Are the Bears awful? Does this win not mean anything? I like, it. are the Bears that bad where this mean this win? Doesn't tell us anything about the Packers or how good they are. Well, we're actually, you know, debating the quality of the opponent in the Bears. I thought the Bears were going to be better this year. I, I didn't think they were going to be, you know, eleven and six or twelve and five or, or anything like that. But I didn't think they'd go three and fourteen again. I thought that the winner of the NFC North would be somewhere around ten and seven, and then there would be a nine and eight team, an eight and a nine team, and then the worst team in the division, around are six and eleven. I don't think there's a very low floor in this division, and I don't think there's a very high ceiling. I think all these teams are really similar, including the Bears. They added a lot of very competent players this offseason. I don't think DJ Moore is a superstar, but I think he's very good. Yannick Ngongwe is not a superstar. TJ Edwards not a superstar. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, not a superstar, but they're very good players. And you can get a long ways with a lot of good players. right? If the quarterback... Plays really well, or if the head coach has got it dialed in, or if you get a little luck, you can win a ton of games with a roster of very good players. I don't know that the Bears have any great players, but they have a lot of really good players. Didn't look like it on Sunday, it didn't look like it at all. The offensive game plan didn't make much sense. It's like they were calling a game for a quarterback that they don't trust but they must trust Justin Fields because they had an opportunity to draft another quarterback with the first overall pick, and they traded it to build around Fields, and yet they're coaching him like they don't trust him, and maybe they're right to not trust him, but if they don't trust him to throw the ball on the field, why didn't you draft another quarterback? You know what I mean? And if you don't trust him to throw it on the field, fine, but at least let him run. They didn't have any design runs, and this is not some staunch defensive Justin Fields. After Sunday, I'm really starting to question whether he's any good or not. Because you can only ask for so long if the coach is doing enough or the general manager is doing enough. Is the team putting the, the quarterback in a position to succeed? Yeah, 100%. That's all important. And you can have those debates about the offensive coordinator and the offense when the team is 8-9 nine or 9-8 nine and eight and just barely missing the playoffs. Perfect example is the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. We could tell that Justin Herbert is very good but the offensive coordinator wasn't a great fit. Michael Lombardi wasn't pushing the ball down the field. Wasn't utilizing his arm strength. Didn't like his supporting cast or didn't like his defense. This and that we've known that Justin Herbert is good, but we've known that the supporting cast and the fit and the offense wasn't perfect. It's a little bit of a tougher sell when Justin Herbert goes three and 14 or not Justin Herbert, but Justin Fields when Justin Fields goes three and 14, 14, I have a little bit of a tougher time being convinced that it's all on the offensive coordinator and that it's all on his lack of weapons and lack of coaching. It's like, well, three and 14 is three and 14. Okay. Now, if the bears go nine and eight this year, or, you know, seven and 10, pick your record somewhere middling. Well, then we could have a discussion about the offensive coordinator and the system they're running and this and that. But if Justin Fields is going to look that inept, Week in and week out. I don't don't, don't really care about the supporting cast. I don't really care about the offensive coordinator. It's on the quarterback. It's on the player at some point to show us something. The burden of proof eventually falls on the player. Because a talented player, a gifted player, a motivated player, we're going to see that. That's going to shine through all of the BS. I'm not saying an offensive coordinator doesn't matter or an offensive line doesn't matter or wide receivers don't matter. All of that matters. But through all of those different variables, we should be able to tell if a player is special or not. And after Sunday, I'm really starting to question if Justin Fields is good, let alone special. Sounds like this week has been uh, quite awkward. Got a report from, and I bookmarked so many tweets today, so I got to scroll to find it. Got a report from Dan Weiderer, who writes for the Chicago Tribune. and He does some stuff on the score. In my time covering the NFL, I can't really remember a time On the Wednesday of week two, a building seems so apparently shaken by and or short on answers for what happened in week one. These next five days are response time and should tell us a lot about this group's cluck. Did the Bears think they were going to be awesome? Did they think they were going to be great? Did they think the game plan was going to work and it just didn't? Because look, anything can happen. They do say any given Sunday. Luke Getz could be a great offensive coordinator. Maybe Matt Eberflus is a good coach and maybe Chase Claypool and DJ Moore are really good and maybe and maybe they just concocted the worst game plan possible and they got a little unlucky and they were shell-shocked and didn't react well and the Bears could totally come back in week 2 and beat the Buccaneers and look a lot better and we're like, "Okay, that's the Bears we were expecting to see. Not Super Bowl contender, but competent." Totally. I could totally see that happening. Um but there are some really really damning reports and quotes this quote from Jaquan Brisker makes the opposite of sense and Jaquan Brisker was the player leading up and it's hard to keep them all straight because Justin Jones talking about how Green Bay sucks their fans are idiots blah blah blah. there's been a lot of trash talk right Jaquan Brisker was talking trash too he said everybody hates Green Bay they didn't get to see me last year they'll get to see me this week it didn't really because he got hurt and, and didn't play most of the game unless he came back in and I didn't notice him Might even be worse for Jaquan Brisker that I didn't notice him after he left early with an injury and and came back if that's what happened. I don't know. I'd have to look up the snap count. Jaquan Brisker said this after the game. I felt like we needed this. I feel like we might have been too high, and we just needed to get slapped in the face one good time. We needed this, especially in the first game, early. The type of team we are, the type of players we have, what we've built, we needed this. We've got to be more disciplined. felt like we were too high. Um... The Packers have won how many games in a row against the Bears? Eight? Nine? Matt LaFleur still hasn't lost to the Bears. Trust me, if the Bears' locker room is high on themselves and they're feeling themselves too much, that's a them problem because no one else feels that way about them. Not a damn fan in the NFL, not anybody, not a media member looks at this Chicago team and says, look out, okay? This team's going to be a juggernaut. A lot of people thought that maybe they were moving in the right direction this year, but you needed to get slapped in the face? I think you need to sober up if you feel like you need to get slapped in the face. Matt Lafleur has been here since 2019. He still hasn't lost to the Bears. What do you mean you're feeling yourself? You have nothing to feel. It's week one. Just bizarre. They keep talking. They keep saying things. Stop. For the sake of your city, for the sake of your fan base. Just stop talking. Stop talking trash. Stop trying to f- rev up this rivalry. This rivalry's deader than disco until you guys win a game. It's wild. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey,
4: it's Ridge Runner Mark. How are we doing?
2: sir? Ridge Runner Mark. I love that you're a 515 caller. We always get a big rush calls around 420, 430. You know, talk to some of the regulars. But you, you lag behind a little bit. I love that about you, Ridge Runner Mark. Hey, I got to
4: spend a little bit extra time at my cubicle before I can escape. And I'm usually the last one to leave the building. That a so boy. Close. You're the first
2: one in, last one out. I, I it doesn't shock me at all.
4: Right on. So listen to your take on the Bears and their shenanigans and, and how they were, quote, unquote, shell-shocked. And, and I think part of the problem is, and this is just, you know, baseline is any team who's putting together a game plan, they believe in it. They have to believe in it. This is what we're going to do. This is what this is what we do well, and we're just going to rock it, and we're going to take it out. And I think the, the, the other problem they had is they forgot that Matt LaFleur's seems to be a relatively good coach, which I think most of the league has forgotten Mm
1: -hmm.
4: because they always pointed to, well, he's got Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is epic, which he is, and he's really, really good and all this sort of stuff. So it's Aaron Rodgers doing all this, and Matt LaFleur is just along for the ride. So then the shock and awe of, Rodgers is no longer with the Packers. Now we've got him, and they hyped themselves up too much on top of having that baseline belief of any professional athlete up I'm the best there's out there, and i got to go prove it, and I'm going to go prove it. Sure. So that guy's comment of, you know, we needed this, he's not wrong. If he did, probably, it probably would be helpful that in the very first week they get punched in the mouth and realize, oh, I'm a bleeder, and I can't get back up. Oh, now I have to reevaluate. <laughs> and if they reevaluate and they come back and they don't make the same mistakes, even if they make don't make the same mistakes, make new mistakes and still lose, it's still progress for make them. new mistakes.
2: I love that. Right?
4: Yeah, you're not well, wrong. You're not wrong.
2: I just had to wait. laugh at the way you worded it a little bit, but you're you're totally right. Yes.
4: Yeah. Well, if you think about it, if if someone's if you're doing a thing and you make a mistake, what does the person who's trying to teach you want to see? You Do not make that same mistake again. Same thing Rogers would say about wide receivers. If they're not the same mistake, okay, you've learned something. Now, if you make a different mistake. Well, that's still a problem, but it's not that you're, you haven't learned the first lesson. You've learned the first lesson. Now we got to move on to the next one. And if it's going to take them a while to get started, then they're not nearly as prepared or ready to take over the division or be a winning team as they think they are. And that's maybe part of the problem. They were ready to say, with Rodgers gone, we're in. That's all we needed to see was Rodgers gone and not really look at themselves more closely in the mirror and say, well, we still have flaws. They weren't yeah. saying that problem to themselves. They were they were so fixated on Rodgers is gone. Now everything's going to be smooth sailing. And clearly it wasn't.
2: I, I just, Obviously. I also, these players and, and Bears fans, I think, understand this. Bears fans get this. The Packers organization has been better run than the Bears for so long now the execs, the, the coaches, from top to bottom. The Packers have just outclassed the Bears for so long. I don't know that that means they've had better players. Bears have had lots of good players. Not always the best quarterbacks, not always good quarterbacks, but they've had lots of good players in Chicago, and it never has amounted to what the Packers... The Packers have seemed to, in my lifetime, get more than the sum of their parts, and the Bears have gotten... not Like, they had Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, and Brandon Marshall, and it just never really... It really got yeah. there, and I think Bears players forgot. Oh, the Packers organization kicks our organization's ass, and it has been for years.
4: Well, yeah, because if you look at what what Ron Wolf started, it's not that he came in, did his thing, and then and then he was done. No, the Packers are as an organization looked at what he did and said, "Okay, this is what we're going to do," and stubbornly, the Packers organization continued to do that. Even when, you know, the league changed, everybody's like, oh, no, you got to change this. Oh, no, you got to do this. Oh, you have to bring in more free agents. Nope. We're going to do what we do and then make subtle adjustments as needed, but we're going to stay the Green Bay Packers stubbornly, and you see the fruits of that labor now. They've gone through how many GMs? It was Ron Wolf, Then it was Richard uh, Sherman for a while. Then it was Ted Thompson. Now it's Brian Gutekunst. So what? What? Four guys, yeah, and over thirty plus years, and you could look at each of them and say, "Okay, they did their own little thing," but they all kind of stayed with that same model. And you're going to see teams that will start from scratch and they'll bring someone in, but they won't have an identity that that guy says, "Okay, I need to build around what this team does sure. and put my own stamp on
1: You
2: know, Mark? So that's right. You're a real son of a gun, you know, because I was going to talk about something very similar to this, and you're leading us into our next segment so beautifully. You're a perfect setup man, Ridge Runner Mark.
4: Hey, I'm, I'm here to help, buddy. <laughs> yeah, here to help with your, your uh, smooth smooth uh, radio voice and just uh, give you some content so you can just keep lulling people into off- listening to your awesomeness.
2: Oh, but Mark, by the way, before I let you go, it's got to be a beautiful night to drive home up through the bluffs. Oh, my God. Please tell me about it.
4: It's gorgeous. Well, honestly, I'm in the Quick Trip parking lot. I need gas. I'm on,
2: like, so. Also, a beautiful night to see our friends at Quick Trip. Go in there, get some gas. Get a, Get a take-home meal. Go home and have a take-home meal for dinner. It sounds delicious.
4: Right on, brother. We'll have talk a good to one. you later. Yeah, have a good one. That's
2: Ridge Runner Mark. Appreciate you. I love that guy. All right, up next, I want to talk about exactly what Ridge Runner Mark was just saying. The way in which the Packers organization have gone from coach to coach, GM to GM, quarterback to quarterback. While maintaining some sort of an idea, some sort of an identity, and some of these teams that get caught in in just this hopeless cycle—the Bears, the Cardinals, the Jets—another team we're talking about—they're the opposites. So we'll have that conversation next, and then get to David Gasper at five thirty. A lot more to come on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: sports show david gasper to join us here in about 10 or 12 minutes gonna talk brewers baseball maybe we can ask him about the bears too because it's kind of fun to rail on the bears right now normally i don't get any joy out of it but this time i feel like they deserve it they talk themselves into this mess they talk themselves into this awkward corner they put themselves in losing to jordan love in his first ever start as the official packers starter rogers is gone our time is now that's not how it works (laughs) <laughs> that's not that's not how it works I thought Ridge Runner Mark made a good point about Jaquan Brisker's quote saying we needed this I feel like we, we needed to get slapped in the face we were feeling ourselves and I'm like why are you feeling yourselves first of all you had not played a game yet and you haven't beaten the Packers you haven't beaten this head coach as long as he's been in Green Bay Matt LaFleur's been beating the Bears he's 9-0 and now right so what are you feeling and Ridge Runner Mark said well they're feeling the idea that the Packers no longer have Aaron Rodgers and their confidence was based in that, in that alone. And I said, oh, that makes sense. It's also stupid. But I, I think the Bears have felt and thought and said a lot of stupid things the last couple of weeks and months in preparation for week one. Right? I thought Ridge Runner Mark made some awesome points about the Packers and the way they do things compared to the Bears. I was watching First Things First yesterday, like I do in the afternoon, because Bill's show gets done at 2. First Things First starts, so I turn on the TV, I sit here, and I eat my cup of noodles And I laugh at Nick Wright and Kevin Wilds and Chris Broussard. Love that show. And then I start to batten down the hatches, get down to brass tacks, and focus around three to get ready for this show. But Kevin Wilds is talking about the quarterback process in New York, the just process, the way they do things with their quarterbacks, and how they've jumped from guy to guy to guy to guy over and over and over again. Right? They went from Darnold, who stunk, to Joe Flacco, who also stunk, to Zach Wilson, who stinks. And who else? There's other names, you know, mixed in there who have made starts, made appearances. I get moving off a bad quarterback. I do. You have a bad quarterback, move off him quickly. Don't waste time. That's a good process. Don't throw good money after bad, right? But there's no cohesion to a team like the Jets. There's no connective tissue between the GM and between the coaches. Like, to build something. To not just get a quarterback in there, but to build something. We talked about this yesterday with David Stearns and the Brewers. From 2017 to 2021, which is really when they hit their stride, they were in lockstep in Milwaukee from top to bottom, from Mark Atanasio to David Stearns and Matt Arnold and Tom Fanning and everyone in that front office, Craig Council, who's managing on the day-to-day alongside Pat Murphy and others. Everyone understood what was going on the types of players we're looking for at the prices that we're trying to find to fit these roles that Craig council likes to fit this schedule for the pitchers, to fit this MO and getting their guys, the at bats and the outfield and the DH. They all knew Craig council knew that his idea of managing would work with David Stern's roster because David's roster was built with Craig Council in mind. And Craig Council and David Sterns understood the budget coming from Mark Atanasio. Mark knew when to spend a little more, like in 2019, maybe to back it off just a little bit in 2020 in the year of the pandemic. They were connected. And it's easy to succeed, or I, I should say, it's less likely to fail for dumb reasons. A team is less likely to fail for dumb reasons, less likely to have an identity problem. It's less likely to have a a game like the Bears had on Sunday when ownership, management, coaching, all on the same level, all rowing in the same direction. We had that with the Brewers. That's my favorite example. Some teams, like the Bears, or the Jets, or the Cardinals, these teams play individual hands. Right, Smart teams Play the deck. Smart teams know that after this hand, we're going to turn the cards back in, we're going to shuffle, and we're going to draw new hands. We're going to turn them in, shuffle, draw new hands. These four or five cards in my hand, they're important. They're very, very important, but they're not the end-all, be-all. There will be another hand. There will be another dealer. There will be another set of cards. There'll be another game. Smart teams don't play individual hands They play the deck one hand leading to the next building onto the next counting cards, trying to keep in the back of their mind. What is the count? Is this a loaded deck? Is this deck cold? Should we be more aggressive? Should we pull back? What happened last week? What happened last hand, right? Always thinking in the big picture. And I think it's easier to rebuild in the NFL now than it's ever been. I think it's easiest to rebuild in the NFL right now in 2023 than it's ever been in football, than it's ever been in baseball or a basketball NBA rebuilds take four or five years. Baseball rebuilds take multiple years in the NFL. You bottom out once and you have a good amount of picks. You play your cards right next year. You can be on the come up and you could be having fun. Probably not going to be contending for a playoff spot or, or contending for a Super Bowl. But you can have a fun year two of a rebuild where you're starting to see your guys pop, getting to see your young guys and think about what the future could bring. It's easier than ever to rebuild in the NFL and some teams still can't do it. And the Jets and the Cardinals or the Bears. Justin Fields, I'm pretty confident sitting here today saying that Justin Fields is not great. He could be fine. He could be good. But I don't think he's great. Because if he was great, We would have seen it by now. And I'm not just talking about the running last year. That was awesome. But they won three games. Okay, and that has to matter. The results have to matter, even when you're rebuilding. I don't think Justin Fields is great. But I also have no evidence so far to believe that Jordan Love is great. Jordan Love could just be fine. Run the offense guy. Justin Fields could be a runner and a fine enough passer, but not a great guy. I think Jordan Love and and Justin Fields could be very similar in, in what they offer to their teams. Different players, but... but holding a similar significance and playing a significant, similar role. But the Packers have had a clue. And they had a clue when it came time for Jordan Love to take over. The Bears didn't. It's like, oh, this GM and coach didn't work. Well, let's just get a new GM, new coach, new quarterback, and we'll see if it works this time. It's not that simple. You can't just stand out in the rain with an umbrella up in the air waiting for lightning to strike. Right, the Packers, like Ridge Runner Mark said, from Ron Wolf in the 90s to Ted Thompson to Brian Gudikins, each general manager built on the work of the previous general manager, kept a lot of the same ideas, the, a lot of the same philosophies, a lot of the same foundation stayed the same. Now, I think Ted Thompson did things a little bit differently than, than Ron Wolf, and I think Brian Gudikins has done things a little bit differently than Ted Thompson, but the identity is still there. The fence posts are still there along the path. And I think Matt LaFleur, while he has different ideas of offense than Mike McCarthy and he probably presents differently, right? the Packers have a way of doing business. So when it came time to plug Jordan Love in, they had a philosophy of letting him sit, letting him learn, plugging him in in, in, a, in, a, in an established offense, in an established team, in an established franchise. Smart teams don't just play year by year, by year. They think in a four- or a five-year window. They think 10 years down the road. Smart teams don't play hands. They play the deck. And the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, they might be doing the same thing. It's like, well, we drafted Josh Rosen. That didn't work. We we drafted Kyler Murray. That's not working. Let's just draft Caleb Williams. But it's not going to matter at the end of the day if you can't establish yourself as an organization and as a franchise with ideals and with philosophies and build something and build an environment that really allows Caleb Williams or whatever other quarterback to flourish. They haven't done that yet. So you can keep taking big swings to try to get your quarterback. And you know what? Maybe one day you might just draft Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, and he might be so good that nothing else matters. But the vast majority of quarterbacks coming into the NFL are guys that can be good with touches of great that need to be put in a situation to succeed and have success. And I think the Packers are equipped to do that. I think the Steelers, I know week one was rough, but I think the Steelers are in position to do that. The Seahawks are in position to do that. The Bears are not. They haven't been in a long time. I don't think the Jets are. I don't think the Cardinals are. And that's the difference between smart teams and done teams. Teams that win and teams that lose. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll get David Gasper on the horn, reviewing the brew. Talk baseball with Gasper. I can't wait. He'll join us next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports Show. Bill Michaels huddle coming up in about 20 minutes. Mike Clemens is going to be on there tonight. Kevin Holden as well. Dare I say... low, lo- lo- Loaded? Like the L word. I don't use it lightly. I think tonight's huddle might be a loaded show. We'll look back Packers Bears on Sunday and then look forward to the Falcons. I'm very intrigued. I'm interested for this game. Maybe tomorrow we can do concerned curious and confident we can do the three c's about packers falcons coming up this weekend we'll see we'll see where tomorrow takes us see what happens in tonight's brewer game david gasper will be watching closely as will i david gasper reviewing the brew is here gasper good evening how are you
0: i'm doing good grant how you doing
2: we might have buried the lead a little bit uh, last time we talked which i don't think happened last week for some reason and i can't remember why maybe it was a conflict i don't know but you are Officially a credentialed member of the Brewers media, you are in the press box. You're a yeah. pr- you're a press box man. Congrats to you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's, do you? Uh, it's a lot of fun. Do you miss Bally Sports Wisconsin? Do you miss uh, the Bill Schroederisms and the Tavern of the Game and such?
0: Uh, you know, I, I still have to get that fix in from time to time. Well, you know, as it is, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not out there every single game just with with being out in Madison, but. Yeah, I've got to, got to you know get get that, that tavern of the league or tavern of the game in at, <laughs> at some point, and it, whenever it's in whenever it's in lacrosse, I gotta send it to you. Hell yes,
2: I love the tavern of the game. I don't know why it just makes me feel something in the sixth or the seventh inning when they pan out to that Miller Lite sign in right field and they flash the tavern of the game up there. I love it. We can talk about what the Brewers been doing on the field. I want to get to that in a minute, but first David Stearns is officially now the general manager or set to be the general manager, president of baseball operations, whatever of the New York Mets. This is not totally shocking, but I wanted to get your thoughts and maybe we could do a little reflecting of David Stearns at his time here in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is something that I think a lot of us anticipated and you know, it was Stearns stepping down last year and moving into the advisory role to let his contract run out and, you know, it's like, okay, get, get a year off, recharge the batteries. And then he's going to be heading elsewhere. And the Mets have been after Stearns for forever. It's the worst kept secret in the league. And uh, they finally were able to to get something. done. they were finally able to talk to him. That was kind of the big thing that the Brewers had prevented them from talking to him for years. And uh, once the trade deadline passed on August 1st, he was free to talk to other teams and uh, the Mets called up pretty quickly and you know, next thing you know, now now they've got the deal done, and he's letting his contract run out, and he'll he'll take over as soon as the regular season is done. That's when his contract is up with the Brewers, and and then he'll be in charge of the Mets and do all the things that he did in Milwaukee, except with the uh, checkbook of Steve Cohen behind him.
2: What do you think was David Stern's best quality as a general manager in Milwaukee? If you had to say one thing, he was great at this, and this is what I will remember most. What will you remember?
0: It's consistency and changing just the whole mindset of, of the organization and improving what can be done because really for years, especially with small market, low payroll teams, it was believed that, I mean, you'd have your, your upcycles. you know, we you maybe have a small window of being competitive, followed by several years of of tearing down and rebuilding and trying to get back up there. David Stern said, no, we're going to build a consistent competitor. I don't believe that, that we need to have these, these down cycles. We can stay up. We can stay competitive for years to come, and he did that. He, he built a consistently long window here four playoff appearances in four years. And in the previous 48 years of this franchise's existence, they had made the playoffs just four times. So from four playoff appearances in 48 years to four playoffs in four years, it's it's remarkable. It's it's a giant step forward for this organization. And and he proved that it can be done, building a consistent winner in a place like Milwaukee with the payroll that Milwaukee has. And no one else really across the league – has shown an ability to do that. And I think that's what makes David Stearns such a sought-after executive and why he's going to be remembered so fondly uh, in in Milwaukee.
2: You're a real son of a gun. I do agree with uh, the changing of expectations has been massive, and I notice it now. I have to remind myself every once in a while when the Brewers have a tough series and they're only leading the division by two and a half games or three games in mid-September and Brewers fans are angry and they're mad. It's like, what has happened? And I'm part of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm part of it. You know, four years ago, five years ago, we'd be losing our mind. We'd be so thrilled. We'd be talking about, you know, what's the playoff t-shirt going to look like? Are we going to get tickets? You know, and now this has become our new normal. And David Stearns is a big part of that. So I, I absolutely agree. We can't overstate that. What do you think Matt Arnold should remember? Is he takes over the Brewers and David Stearns is now out of the picture, although he hasn't really been around this year anyways what would what would matt arnold be wise to remember now as he takes over what's one thing out of david stern's toolbox or or one bit of his philosophy that he should remember
0: i think the thing for for matt arnold to remember is just c- continuing that up cycle and just not going into the down cycle rebuilding phase having a a strong organization throughout the, the farm system is, is now built up. It's a top three farm system in, in all of baseball with the prospects that they are going to have coming up. And you're, you're building those guys up while also maintaining competitiveness at the big league level. Usually for markets like Milwaukee, it, it's one or the other, either your major league team is good and your farm system is trash or your farm system is really good. And your major league team is trash and you're selling everybody on, on the future. So the the important thing for Matt Arnold to remember is is David Stern's philosophy of building a continual competitor that you know not believing in rebuilding there, there's no need to tear it all down and and send it and send it all away just to rebuild it back up just consistently have those those players coming up through the pipeline and staying competitive Uh, year after year even if some guys have to change even if some guys come out to bring new guys in and i think that's important for matt arnold to remember and i I think he has and i think matt arnold's done a pretty good job of that uh, in his first year at the helm
2: yeah not overreacting to a great year and not overreacting to a down year like the brews kind of had last year although the hater trade makes it a little bizarre makes it a little odd that year is just kind of that might be a little bit of an outlier year but i totally agree not overreacting and just keeping her steady from season to season because the brewers have shown now Craig council potentially leaving at the end of this year could maybe change the way the brewers operate. It seems like he's done. Gasper. I mean, I had a uh, had Bob Nightingale on yesterday. He put a story out at USA today. He's like, it's expected that Craig council is going to step away. We've kind of heard those, those hums throughout the year. Is that what you expect as well? What do you think about council?
0: It certainly seems to be leaning that way with counsel. And uh, I know some have been trying to put out the speculation that he could follow Stearns uh, to New York. Because now we're seeing uh, Buck Showalter speculation. Could he be back? That kind of thing. I don't think counsel is going to be going anywhere else. I don't think he's going to be leaving to manage another team. It's not about money. Uh, It's about family for counsel. And it certainly seems to be leaning that way. Uh, for for him to maybe take a step back. Maybe he'll be like a special advisor in the front office again, like he was before uh, he was installed as manager, so he can have some time to to watch his kids play college baseball. It it certainly seems to be leaning that way right now. And obviously council will make a final decision at the end of the year. And honestly, perhaps how the Brewers end up this season could could determine that. Um, If the Brewers, let's say hypothetically, the Brewers win the World Series. You know, I think it would be much easier for council to step away be like, hey, look, I have have done what I've always wanted to do. I have brought the World Series to Milwaukee. I can go out on top and and now go watch my kids play. If the Brewers fall just short, if they're like right there, you know, the NLCS, you know, a, a game seven loss in the NLCS where they make the World Series and they don't win it, or, or something like that, where they come just short, but they were right there, I don't know. Maybe Council would, would return and be like, all right, we we got this team. We got this core. Let's go back and get it and, and get this done, And and maybe he'll come back then, but... Only, count, only counsel knows uh, what's what's going on in his head, what his thinking is, what it's going to take. Uh, he's not going to be telling any of us uh, credentials or not. He's not going to be nice. telling anybody really what, that, what what's going on inside of his head. So we're all just kind of left to, to wonder what he's doing. But logically, if I'm counsel and, and we're able to bring that World Series home, I, for him, I, I would just... I would walk away, and be like I have gone out on top and, and I'm I'm leaving after this.
2: Win it for Craig. Euchre might retire then too. That's a whole other conversation that I suppose yeah. we can have
0: and, well, you need to win and, one for Euchre. I mean euchre has been yeah. there forever. We you gotta win one for Euchre. Someone's gotta win something for Bob Euchre.
2: Wasting his career yeah. not wasting away. Spending his career in Milwaukee for a team that really didn't do much past September first or October first, totally. David Gasper yeah. reviewing the brew, D Gasper twenty four on Twitter. Josh Donaldson, let's talk about it. It's the way I'm reading it. I could be wrong. Monasterio is the guy who hits a lot of singles. Josh Donaldson is the guy who's a power threat. Both of them have pretty similar statistics. If you just look at OPS, what do you think their plan is at third base moving forward?
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be mixing these guys uh, quite a bit. Donaldson is going to get a lot of the at-bats against lefties uh, just because he does so well against left-handed pitchers um in, in his career so i think he's gonna be getting a lot of those at bats monasterio maybe a few less uh maybe he'll be in there at second base uh, against lefties and and give bryce Tarang uh a break when lefties are on the mound because uh, Tarang is he's had some success but he's also had some struggles uh, against handed pitchers this year so i think that's going to be uh how they, how they make it work going forward, put Monasterio at second base uh, against the lefty on the mound and put Donaldson out there at third. Uh, Brian Anderson's just going to be left to wither away on the bench. Uh, But yeah, I think that's going to be how they, how they try to make it work and so they can see Donaldson get going and then see if he's worthy of every day at bats. So tonight we have an opener,
2: right? It's the, mm-hmm. it's the guy McGill. who throws a hundred McGill. I was going to say the name is escaping me. I kind of like this. I think this is good. We need a little 2018 flavor as we come down the home stretcher. I think that would be good for this team. And I'm, I'm like kidding a little bit, but also not like, I think this is good. Let's get back to our roots.
0: Yeah. It's Craig timber, isn't it? Like, come on, we got yeah. to have an opener here in Craig timber. I miss
2: openers. You know, we're so used to our starting pitching Corbin Burns, Brandon Wooder, Freddie Peralta. Over the last three days, twenty-three innings pitched, eight hits, one earned run, three walks, twenty-three strikeouts. Is there something to be said for Brandon Woodruff missing most of the year and getting to kind of go all out, pedal to the metal down the stretch? You know, talk about what you're seeing from him, and then the the stretch that Freddie and Corbin are on as well. Talk about this big three.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- this big three is is the reason why the Brewers are are potentially so dangerous when it comes to October, if their offense can just do enough uh to to give them the the run support that they need and they're able to do that for Woodruff uh, plenty on on Monday night Corbin Burns didn't get didn't get any and that that had to be frustrating on on Sunday when he had the no-hitter uh through 8 innings uh against the Yankees but yeah i mean these guys have have really just been exceptional Freddie Peralta over his last like nine starts has an ERA of like 2.01 uh it, it's been a phenomenal stretch from Freddie, and he's been healthy all year Uh, which is great because he missed most of last season with injuries and this year it was Woodruff and yeah I think that that is going to be part of it for Woodruff you know he's able to go all out here gets the the complete game shut out the other day helping save the bullpen and missing about four months uh, of the season so for for him to come back and be relatively fresh uh, down the stretch heading into October I, I think that's uh huge for for milwaukee as someone that they can count on uh in those games because as much as you can also count on guys like burns and, and peralta you know they're, they're going to be at about 200 plus innings for for the season when when you get to that point so uh for for woodruff he, he is going to be a lot more fresh and i think that is going to be helpful for him heading late into october
2: well that's why i think council pitched him through 8 through 9 innings the other night. And I was talking with our morning mm-hmm. show guys. They're like, w- "Why is Council running? it he council now? He's going to let them finish all the way to the end of the game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, cuz well, they got also, 17 okay. games in a row and the bullpen needs the rest."
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The bull, the bullpen have been really worked hard the the like 2 days before, especially with the the extra innings uh on sunday against the yankees so yeah all those guys they needed a rest like you don't want to use any of them even the the low leverage guys in a 12 nothing game you don't want to have to use them so yeah it, it was huge for for woodruff to get through that and, it, and his pitch count was in such great shape it's like why not just just let him go you know even if he runs into a bit of trouble like he should be able to, to finish this off no problem so uh, i was happy to see council let him do that and And the the bullpen definitely needed it.
2: You're gosh darn right. David Gasper reviewing the brew. Read his stuff. Find him on Twitter. Gasper, I appreciate you. And we're coming down the stretch now. We get to talk about a pennant chase and and postseason baseball before too long. I'm excited. Thanks for the time as always. Yep. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Take care. You son of a gun, David Gasper. You and I love the mention of the lacrosse bars. Anytime there's a lacrosse bar uh, mentioned as the tavern of the game. On Valley Sports, Wisconsin. It just it touches my heart a little bit. Same as my hometown Menominee or, or anywhere around Eau Claire. I remember Shoes Pub, North Side of Menominee, years ago getting it. I was I was young Grant watching at home. I'm like, that's it's cool. It's my hometown. I don't know. It, tavern of the Game brings us all together. I do like it. And when Gaspers in the press box, you know, I'll just make sure to drop him a note and remind him who the tavern is and, and let him know because you know, he's too busy getting a feel for the clubhouse and asking the manager questions you know, official beat business. Let's come back. We'll wrap up the Wisco sports show and turn things over to Bill Michaels, Bill Michaels huddle coming up at six o'clock on a lot of these same stations. And of course on all of his online platforms as well. So don't go anywhere. Kevin Holden and Mike Clemens will join him tonight. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur. We'll hear from Jordan love. This is essential listening for Packers fans. As we turn the page from week one Packers bears towards what we're looking at this weekend with Packers Falcons in week two final segment of the Wisco sports show coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, just wrapping things up. Appreciate David Gasper. Appreciate all the great calls we got today. We got our usual rush at 420. Ridge runner Mark typically lagging a little bit behind after five o'clock. Didn't hear from Eric on I-90, although he did call the Bill Michael show earlier today. Not to talk to Bill, uh, just to tell me something related to fantasy football. So maybe we'll catch Eric tomorrow. He's normally one of our five o'clock callers as well. If you miss the show, if you go back to the podcast, Started the show with the Brewers, and then Brett and LaCrosse called in and faced the music about his Packers Jets take. Because Brett and LaCrosse, a little bit of a a heel to this show. I don't know if he intends to be. There's days where I get a kick out of it, and then there's a days, you know, Brett, I'm not going to lie. There's days where you annoy the hell out of me, but that's fine. That's good host caller back and forth. You know, today he called in, and I'm like, wait a minute. Brett's been nothing but but trashing the Packers, he's been doing nothing but hyping up Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And he's a Jets fan this year. And he hopes the Packers go 0-17 and lose every game. And I appreciate Brett facing the music. So if you're somebody, and I know there's lots of listeners that, you know, maybe get a little annoyed by Brett, go back. You can catch that in the podcast. He faced the music. Ridge Runner Mark brought up some really great points about the way the Packers do their business relative to the way uh, a team like the Bears, the way they do their business. Right? And and the best way I can think of it, the best way I can analogize it is dumb teams play hands. right? Smart teams play the whole deck. They understand that they can have a great hand, they can have a poor hand, they can have a middling hand, but that hand is not the end of the game. We're eventually going to turn the cards in, reshuffle, get the cards back, play the next hand, and the next hand, and the next hand. And the smart teams are thinking a hand or two or three ahead, keeping count of the deck you know, what's the count like? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it loaded? You know, all the card counting terms. I don't know how to count cards. I'm just, you know, trying to sound like I do. But the Packers are a team. The Steelers are like this. I think the Eagles are like this as well. Even though they might change general managers, they might change head coaches, there's this persistent philosophy that I think sticks with the Packers. From Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson to Brian Gudikins. they added and they subtracted from from regime to regime but the foundation remained similar it was still the green bay packers whereas a team like the bears or the jets or the cardinals seems like every three or four years they get a new general manager and they come in and say we're gonna build through the draft and we're gonna we're gonna be tough up front and ryan poles infamously said we're gonna take the north and we're gonna never get it back it's like okay maybe 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 ryan poles will eventually do that but uh but ryan poles could not do it yeah, he couldn't do it in week one. Ryan Pace could never do it. The general manager before him. And it just seems like the Packers with the philosophy that goes with GM to GM and head coach to head coach, a team like the Packers can take a quarterback switch in stride. At least they are now. I'm pretty sure the Packers aren't going to suck. I don't know if they're going to contend this year. They probably won't. But a team like the Bears, they're facing being awful. The second straight year, the Packers go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, and they seem to have a clue. For the last couple of years, they were thinking about the next hand and the next hand. And a team like the Cardinals, another bad run team. They're going to go from Josh Rosen to Kyler Murray and now hope for Caleb Williams. That's not going to solve anything if you don't have the strong foundation like the Steelers or the Packers or the Eagles. Time's up. Bill Michaels huddle up next. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.